1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 on Vision. No doubt you've been watching the headlines with intense interest, especially if you have a certain love, a certain passion for what God is doing through His people, the people of Israel. Well, Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight, and with all of the violence that's broken out between Israel and the Palestinians, no doubt, lots of headlines to draw attention to. Ron Ross, a special welcome back to Twenty Twenty. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with uh, the headline atop: Islamic Jihad commander was killed in an Israel airstrike Monday, as Israel fights against unrelenting attacks.
1: Islamic Jihad commander Hassan Abu Habid was killed in an Israeli airstrike on the northern Gaza Strip Monday afternoon. The IDF said that Abu Habid, who was killed in a joint operation with the Shin Bet Intelligence Agency, has commanded the northern Gaza Strip Division of Islamic Jihad since 2019 when his predecessor Baha Abu Elata was killed in a targeted assassination by the IDF. Following his killing, a salvo of rockets were launched towards Israel communities near the border as well as Ashdod, Ashkelon, Kiryat Maliki and Besheba. One home sustained a direct hit in Ashdod and three people were lightly wounded. Hamas has threatened to increase their attacks on Tel, Aviz, Tel Aviv as a result of the killing.
0: Ron, there are so many stories around and there are world leaders who are calling for a ceasefire. In fact, an interesting one here where the US has blocked a UN Security Council statement calling for a ceasefire. What's the story here?
1: Yeah, they blocked the United Nations Security Council from issuing a statement that called for an end to Israeli-Palestinian violence on Monday But in it, they failed to condemn or even mention Hamas or the Gaza Rockets. When pressed by reporters in Denmark as to whether the U.S. was standing in the way of diplomacy, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said, we're not standing in the way of diplomacy to the contrary. We're exercising it virtually nonstop. Ultimately, Blinken said it's up to the parties to make clear they want to pursue a ceasefire. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with Defence Minister Benny Gantz, IDF Chief of Staff Aviv Kahabi, Shin Bet Chief Dada Agamun and Mossad Head Yossi Cohen and National Security Advisor Mir Ben-Shabbat on Monday as Hamas and Islamic Jihad continued to shoot rockets. Netanyahu said after the meeting that the instruction is to continue to strike terror targets The IDF does that well. We will continue to act as much as necessary to bring back the quiet and security to all residents of Israel. The campaign against the terror organizations continue in full force, Nanyahu said in a press statement, and he pointed out the IDF has attacked more than 1,500 targets in recent days. Ron, another headline.
0: Inside the incessant raids on Israel, it's apparent that terror group Hamas has already won the future of the Palestinian leadership. What's this one about?
1: Yes, I think we need to take a deep breath and understand there's more going on than just a war with Israel. Hamas's latest rocket war is taking place in two different theaters. One's the war with Israel and an unspoken battle with its rival Fatah faction uh, for leadership of the Palestinian national movement. Hamas is winning. The turning point for Hamas came in the clashes last Monday between Israeli police and stone-throwing Palestinian rioters inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It was in that encounter that Hamas began reaping the fruit of its efforts. In the wake of images of Israeli police firing tear gas into the mosque, Hamas issued an ultimatum. If Israel didn't take certain steps by 6pm that evening, the most important being the withdrawal of Israeli police from the Temple Mount, it would face Hamas's retribution. It was a public, humiliating demand designed to be ignored. And ignore it, Israel did. Years ago, I flew from Turkey to Israel with an Arab journalist As we approached Jerusalem, he pointed down to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. He said to me, no matter what anyone tells you, right there is the reason for our war. Right there is the heart of our conflict. In the complex that sits on top of the Temple Mount, which the Muslims call the Noble Sanctuary, Palestinians find a source of religious validation. That makes Al-Aqsa more than a place of prayer or ritual it represents in the Palestinian telling a tangible promise of redemption. So if we look at all the attacks this week, we can go back to last Monday and understand what's motivating Hamas right now. Ron,
0: let's turn our attention to some headlines around the world as to how Christians are responding and Christians around the world responding to recent attacks on Israel by donating bomb shelters in vulnerable communities. What's happening?
1: Where yeah, the Gaza border has been under constant attack in recent days, and Christians are responding. In addition to those near the Gaza border, another six shelters have been ordered and will soon be set to communities located near the Lebanon border. And I noticed there was an attack there this morning. The effort was spearheaded by the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, ICEJ. Christians around the world want to do something positive to help Israel now. David Parsons, ICEJ vice president and senior international spokesman said, we're praying and standing up for Israel and these people in their own countries feel there's something that they can do really to make a contribution to the security and peace in Israel. He said that the more people are sheltered, the less casualties there'll be. And I can remember my wife and I sitting in bomb shelters years ago uh, doing colouring in with little kids who were terrified of what was going on outside. ICAJ has been donating portable shelters to communities at risk since 2008 and it's wonderful to see uh, the timely provision of bomb shelters right now.
0: I'm sure it uh, drags up all sorts of memories, Ron. Uh, Let's talk about another headline. Uh, At home, the Australian government has once again announced it'll boycott another World Conference on Racism that's to be held in Durban and sponsored by the UN. How does this story look?
1: We will not associate Australia with one-sided and contentious language that singles out Israel or meant to champion such language. Prime Minister Scott Morrison declared as he confirmed Australia will not participate in upcoming events in commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Durban Declaration. The move by the Australian government continues its policy of boycotting the event, which began after Israel and America dropped out of the United Nations original World Conference on Racism racism in Durban, South Africa, in 2001, which singled out Israel as racist. Australia did not participate in Durban 2 in 2009 or Durban 3 in 2011. Speaking at an Australia-Israel Chamber of Commerce event in Melbourne, Scott Morrison said, not that it should come as a surprise from me and my government, but in 2009 and 2011, we did not attend the Durban Declaration and we will not be attending them going forward. Our position is unchanged, a position that successive coalition and Labor governments have reinforced since 2011, and I applaud that.
0: Well, very good to get a well-rounded input from you today, Ron Ross, and uh, scouring the headlines, uh, always appreciative of the way that you look into these headlines for our update report each week. Ron Ross, appreciate you. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil.